Today's scripture is from John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born from growing old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you can hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I get a lot of flat tires. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the nature of kind of where we live, but uh, if there is a nail or a screw or a jagged piece of metal uh, somewhere between here and my house, uh, I'm going to pick it up in one of my tires. In fact, uh, the only thing that uh, I think attracts uh, more metal into my tires are rocks and gravel on my wife's windshield. Uh, she gets much more of those, but, but there's something about uh, the amount of tires that I've had to replace uh, from things getting stuck in the sidewall of them that after a while uh, just starts to feel like destiny. Feels inescapable to where uh, now I'm, I'm even a little paranoid about it to where um, even when I'm walking out to my truck um, as I'm going to leave from here uh, later this afternoon and go home, uh, I'm going to eyeball the tires a little bit, you know, see if one looks a little bit lower than any of the others. And, you know, you're walking up, you know, kind of coming out of a store or something like that. Just give it a quick glance. And, and wouldn't you know it, coming out of the grocery store earlier this week, uh, my back passenger side tire uh, there was a little bright, shiny spot right in the middle of it, right in the middle of the treads. And I thought to myself, not again. We loaded up all the groceries into the car, and Lavender and Wren were there with me. And, and I bent down, and I, I got down on the ground and uh, started looking at that little, that little white spot that I spotted in the tire and started seeing if I could scratch it a little bit to see what it was. And Thank God, wouldn't you know, it was just a piece of gravel. But it got my heart racing a little bit, because I'm used to being at something else. Now, I started to get up, and I look over, and there's a face of a 9-year-old and an 11-year-old just right there next to mine going, what are we looking at? <laughs> and I said, well, I was just, I thought I saw a nail in my tire. I was just checking for a nail in my tire. And then 
Wren, my nine-year-old, said, like this one right here, <laughs> pointing to this completely other nail in the side of my tire I completely overlooked. And I got to, I got to call Julia from the parking lot and said, uh, baby, guess what? I get to buy you a brand new tire for my truck this week. <laughs> and, and it's funny how, how often I can get distracted by the shiny things, uh, the shiny problems, the loud problems that are going on in my life, and uh, I completely miss uh, the rusty one that's been hanging out there for God knows how long yet, uh, because the leak just hadn't gotten bad enough for me to notice uh, how long it's kind of been draining the air out of that tire. And so... Uh, with that happening here during the season of Lent, uh, I tried to uh, kind of take an extra step spiritually and give that a little bit more reflection, uh, kind of see what, what that particular lesson can kind of teach me in life. Because uh, this season um, really kind of reminds us that God kind of pops up in some of those areas of our lives that we don't often really look at. Um, and so as I was kind of thinking about the way that I just kind of notice some things in life but don't notice other things, it kind of got me to thinking about different things going on in my life that sometimes uh, I really notice uh, the loud, pointy, shiny things. I, I notice the bigger problems in life without really kind of paying attention to some areas of my life where maybe I've picked up a couple extra dinks or bangs or nails or screws in the side of my tires and Maybe there's some parts of my relationships. Maybe there's uh, parts of my attitudes or, or my beliefs that have really been uh, kind of losing some air, uh, kind of feeling a little deflated. My, my hope and my joy starts getting a little bit down. My anger and my frustration keeps getting a little bit higher. And so uh, what are those areas of my life that uh, maybe I've been neglecting, that I really haven't been given the, uh, the right amount of attention to, to, to really solve the problems that I need to, uh, that are really going to over time, really kind of slow down my life. And so uh, it, this week was a, a chance of kind of taking an earthly problem and, and trying to see what are the, some of the spiritual lessons that can, that can kind of come out of that. And, and so that kind of brings us to our scripture of where we found ourselves today. Uh, the scripture that I like to call Nick at Night. <laughs> so this Pharisee, there's a groan. That was a, yeah. There was a Pharisee that, uh, that comes to see Jesus in the middle of the night. Now, his name's Nicodemus. It's not the other Nicodemus that we'll run into a little bit later on that, that climbs up the sycamore tree. But, but this particular Nicodemus uh, comes to Jesus in the middle of the night uh, with maybe at first you're not even really sure uh, some questions, but, but at least to, to talk to Jesus, to to see Jesus, to, to get a little bit of face time with him. And so he comes in the middle of the night, and it's not really the interaction that you really get with Pharisees and Jesus. Usually there's a little bit of uh, some anger, some frustration. There's, there's a little bit of oppositional attitude when it comes to Jesus and the Pharisees a lot of times in the Gospels. But, but this Pharisee, Nicodemus, uh, he comes and he's very uh, complimentary. Um, in fact, he's... He kind of flatters Jesus a little bit. He calls him rabbi. He calls him by the correct title, teacher. Um, we know, talking about that he does, isn't just representing himself here. He's, he's representing a group of leaders. We know that you are a man of God 
Because there's no way that you would be able to do the miracles that you do or teach the way that you teach uh, if you weren't living in the presence of God. Now, my, uh, my suspicious mind feels like there's a but coming after that, right? But I've really got some questions, or I've got a problem, or, or there's something that I'm wrestling with. You, you feel like this is conditional, like there's something coming after this. And, and Jesus, he, he doesn't get caught up on the shiny things like I do. He doesn't get caught up on the titles or the flattery or, 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 or the, the, the compliments that Nicodemus seems to be giving him in this. In fact, Jesus goes straight to the spiritual. He goes straight to uh, why I can imagine Nicodemus really shows up. And he says that you won't notice the things of God unless you've been born from above. Unless you've been born, another translation is, again. Now, this all of a sudden, I don't know if this is what Nicodemus came to talk about at all, but all of a sudden it becomes what Nicodemus fixates on. And all of a sudden, every thought and all of a sudden, every bit of his brain is trying to figure out what in the world Jesus is talking about. And in the language of this passage, there's some wordplay. There's some back and forth. There's some double meaning about what it means to be born from above or to be born again. And Nicodemus puts all of his attention on just one side of the meaning of that, on the literal side. How in the world can you be born again? How is it that a grown man can walk back up to his mama and say, I want to do that again? And Jesus is pointing out that I think you're missing the point. You're focusing on the earthly things. What is born of the flesh is of the flesh, but what is born of the spirit is the spirit. Jesus is trying to take him over to the spiritual side of things. But Nicodemus seems to keep getting caught up on the earthly side. I don't understand what this means. I don't know what it means to be born from above. I don't know what it means uh, to be born again. And Jesus says, how can you be a leader of Israel and not get this? Now us in our kind of current circumstance and our context, we're kind of on Jesus' side of these things. Yeah, Nick, why don't you get this? How many of us have heard the term born again? Of course you have. We're, we live in the South. It's like one of our mottos down here. This idea of being born again, where we encounter it pretty early. You don't even have to be in the church. You don't have to really know anything about Christianity uh, to hear the term born again in our culture. It's just really one of those things that, that has grown out of an ev uh, evangelical kind of reality of the context of where we live, of what it means to be born again. Man, Nicodemus just doesn't get how How crazy does he have to be to focus on the earthly thing when we can so obviously see the spiritual thing? We've got to be so careful because we just get caught up in the same temptation of fixating on the one side of things that we fall into the same trap that Nicodemus did. Of saying that I perfectly understand what you're talking about and have no idea what you're talking about at the same time. You see, because the reality was uh, that, that I had a salvation experience 
1997, at Camp Sumatonga, during a winter behold retreat, where the speaker got up and gave a sermon that moved my heart in a way that it had never been moved before, that my spirit stirred in a way that I had never experienced before. And, and that night, I got to go down to the altar, and I prayed a prayer with my youth pastor that I had never prayed up to that point in my life. And, and that moment became, in my mind, uh, what I think about when somebody says that I was born again, that that was a turning point in my life. And y'all, I went home pumped up. I threw away all my music that wasn't Christian. I started rethinking all of my relationships and my friends uh, that weren't Christian. I started uh, doing all of these things in my life. I tried to start reading my Bible more. I tried to start going to church more. And I tried to all of a sudden be born again in the way that I lived my life. But like Nicodemus couldn't get one side... I kind of fell off the boat on the other side. You see, because I focused on everything that I did with my life without ever actually addressing the hurts, and the hardships, and the hang-ups that were going on in my spirit and the way that my spirit was transformed. Because the spirit is what truly underlies everything else. The Spirit, it can't be seen, it can't be tasted, it can't be touched. It, it can't be uh, sort of experienced in the physical reality that everything else is. But the Spirit is what gives what we see and what we taste and we touch life and beauty and depth. It's what gives it purpose. It's what gives it connection. It reminds us that it's all connected in the story of God that is carrying us into something that is larger than ourselves. And I missed that. I focused entirely on what can I do in my life to fit into this story without ever once asking God, how could I be transformed instead in my spirit? You see, because the spirit is the part of our life that so often goes neglected. And so we get these little nails, and we get these screws, and we get these hardships, and we get these bumps, and we get these cuts that, that all of a sudden uh, that we don't really give the amount of attention to in our lives. In fact, some of them we enjoy having into our lives, but they just drain the life and the air and the breath and the patience out of us so much that we don't even realize we're, we have a problem until our life feels like it's running so flat. There's areas of our lives that go neglected, that we don't give the proper attention. And so when we're trying to turn our lives around, we're trying to adopt some new practices, and all of a sudden we say, I want to be a better version of myself, we keep focusing on what we can do. What are the practices, what are the things that I can eat, or what are the things that, that I can do, or I all of a sudden can wake up earlier, I, I could try to start doing this more with my life, and it's do, do, do without ever addressing the life and the issues and the hurts and the frustrations and the holes that are underneath the surface that are so scary to take a look at. Because when Nicodemus came to Jesus, I'm not sure that he planned on having a philosophical discussion between the earthly realm and the spiritual realm. But before he ever even said a word 
I believe Jesus knew the nature of the spiritual side of this conversation. Because without even having to say anything, Nicodemus already showed him the maturity of a spiritual side because he came to Jesus in the darkness. That I want to have a conversation about my spirit, but I don't want it to happen in the light. I don't want it to happen to where other people can see, to where the way that I live my life is all of a sudden going to be called into question with me simply having an experience with Jesus. And there's areas of our lives that are hard to bring into the light, to bring into a space of reflection, to bring into a space of self-awareness, to bring into a space of healing, or even more scary, a space of confession, of repentance, or even more so forgiveness. Those are the hard spaces of Lent that it's so difficult for us to bring our spirit into because it requires so much work. And sometimes we think about, maybe this is something I can handle myself. That maybe if I just pray more, maybe if I just read my scripture more, as long as I don't have to bring other people around with me to, uh, to help point out the spots of my darkness. But the thing is, is sometimes we need that little nine-year-old in our life to point to the side of the tire that we missed completely and say, hey, it looks like you got a little struggle going on over here that you overlooked. And it's those people coming alongside us that illuminate parts of our lives that before we were just looking right over and all of a sudden we can look to see and say, hey, I feel like I'm losing a little breath there. I'm losing a little bit of life there. And I need God's light and God's spirit and God's present to come into that moment. That's the hard work of Lent. Of looking at those spots in our lives that we don't usually look at. Of looking at those parts of our lives, of our spirit, of our heart, that often go neglected. Of saying, maybe if I do more spiritual things, that will transform the condition of my spirit. But the truth of the matter is, is only one thing transforms the condition of our spirit, and that's God. And God so loved the world that he sent his only son into the world. That we should be saved. Not condemned, but that the whole world through him should have life. And later on in this passage, Jesus says the only way that we will miss out on that, the only condemnation that will come out of that, is if we love the darkness more than we love the light. If we love to hang on to the hurts and the hardships, if we love to hang on to those things that are too difficult to, to let go of, we miss out on that breath of fresh air. We miss out on that forgiveness. We miss out on that rebuilding, that restoration that comes with life. We only like to bring our best into the light. But the transformation of our spirit, which then underlines the, the, the transformation of our entire lives, only happens when we bring it all into the light into the spirit. And so the tough questions we bring God at night, what if this week we tried to bring them more into the light and experience grace, mercy, forgiveness, and life? And just see what the transformation of God looks like that we can then pour into the work of 
God transforming this world. Amen and amen. amen. Will you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks for your spirit, for forgiveness, for grace and mercy. But Lord, most of all, thanks for the spirit which points out that we are spiritual beings. That, Lord, that your light and your life live inside of us. That we are made in your very image. And so allow us, Lord, to see the conditions of our hearts and our souls this week. That the way that we believe, Lord, that the way that we see the world might be transformed because we begin to see you. Point out those spots of our lives that can use some work, that could use some attention. That we might fill some of those gaps and that holes. That we might rebuild relationships with you and with others and experience a greater depth of your kingdom and your grace. As we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen.